Hey guys, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I'm actually interviewing a special guest, Brittany Sherrell. And Brittany Sherrell is a power-packed coach, speaker, and author who helps aspiring women entrepreneurs launch their great idea without fear of failure so you can live with more meaning and lead with more confidence. Brittany is known for her high-energy, engaging approach to learning and development. Her practical approaches to achieving results are easy to incorporate without ever getting overwhelmed. Beyond her business, Brittany spends time loving her close-knit family, two fur babies, and trying new coffee blends. I'm super excited to have her on the show and just have amazing, candid conversations, and I know she's going to drop in some golden nuggets in the show. Brittany, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you are here and excited really to talk about important topics that I feel it's super vital, especially in this day and age where there's a lot of noise online and it's all about keeping it real and making an impact. So I'm excited that you are here on the show. Thank you for having me. When I first came across you, I actually saw you on Patrice Washington podcast. And one of the things that absolutely amazed me was your raw authenticity and the way you were communicating some important topics that for me personally, as a woman, they come very close to my heart. In my business, I love empowering Christian women, talking about confidence a lot. And so what I found is that a lot of the topics that you talk about could be similar, but the way you communicate it, it's so unique and it's so you. So I really do want to dive into some topics. But before we do that, can you tell us just a little bit about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur? Sure. I am like a lot of women who we get so caught up in being everything to everybody else. We tend to put ourselves on our back, on the back burner and we forget who we really are, what really makes us feel alive on the inside. And we find ourselves working jobs. They're okay. We kind of feel a little guilty because we feel like, well, my job is decent. I should be satisfied probably, but you feel a tug on you to do more in life. And that's how I got to where I am. I answered that call. And although I was confused about where to start or what it meant or anything like that, I was committed to figuring it out, doing whatever it took to get that peace of mind so that I could do something that made me feel alive on the inside. And so I realized I enjoyed not only finding that thing for myself, but helping other women unlock that in their lives too. And what you'll find is once you do that, you're able to show up more fully for the people that you're pouring into anyway. Like you can think you're being a great wife, you're being a great mom or a great teacher or whatever your capacity is. But when you learn how to unapologetically pursue what makes you feel alive on the inside, it magnifies your ability to pour into the people you love most. So that was how I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I knew that I wanted to unlock that in other women. And so I created a plan to help them do that same thing. I became the person I wish I had during that confusing and frustrating time in my life. (laughs) We could just dive into so many things of what you just said. But let's do a fun icebreaker as well, because I love to hear people's story. So if you could describe your entrepreneurship journey, what animal would you feel like it's the most relatable to your style and how you approach your entrepreneurship journey? I'd say a bird. And that's because a bird is not 
they have an aerial view of things. They're not so attached to the details of exactly what the little ants are doing on the ground. They're not so consumed with the details. For me, I keep my eye on the bigger vision. What is it that I want to accomplish? And I release that attachment to how I think it should happen. A lot of times we have these plans for, oh, I want to launch a business and I think I should do X, Y, and Z to launch it. And when we try it that way, it doesn't work. It's easy to give up on the the bigger picture, on the bigger vision. And the truth is, is not that your vision failed, that method to get you to the vision failed. And so you have to just, try a different way and be fluid in that way, be flexible and open to just trying a new way. And that's what birds do. They, they fly, they're free. They look at the bigger vision without getting so attached to the details. Man, I love that. <laughs> okay. So you had mentioned something a little, a few sentences ago and about being unapologetic. And here on this podcast, my audience are Christian female entrepreneurs. And I find that sometimes really stating what you want is not that easy for women, especially women who are have Christian values and maybe feel like having bare minimum or just having enough, it's okay. And really struggle with desiring more, even though it's within them. And so I wanted to get your thoughts a little bit about that. That resonates with me a lot because. Growing up in the church, and especially in the country where I'm from, there has always been this aversion toward wealth, abundance. I grew up hearing statements like, I might make mention of someone in the community that I noticed seem to be doing well for themselves. And I might be like, oh, wow, they seem to really have it going on. And I grew up in an environment where people would say things like, well, you never know what they had to do to get that. Or there's no telling what all came along with them getting that money. No telling what they had to do to get that money or whatever. And the truth is, there's been a lot of misleading teaching about abundance and wealth. Because, of course, we've heard people talk about the scripture about money is not the root of all evil. The love of money. And it's small adjustments in mindset like that that will open up the possibilities for us as Christian women entrepreneurs, what I always remember is that if I'm made in the image of God and everything about him is big, everything about him is magnificent, everything about him is abundant. If I'm made in his image, he meant for those things to be available to me as well. But if I don't open my mind up to receiving that and understanding that that's a part of my identity, then I'm missing out on the fullness of life that God promises us. So it's not anything to be guilty about. When you think about it, having wealth and having abundance positions you to be able to pour into kingdom work that much more. Because we can do things without wealth and abundance, sure. But think of how many more things you can do, how many more lives can be impacted when you are in a position of wealth and abundance to pour into the kingdom. So even from that aspect, it's nothing to be guilty about when things work out well for you or wanting to live a life of abundance. That's a part of your identity. So stop fighting it. Hmm, I love that. Like I listened to your podcast too. And one of the things that I absolutely love 
is that you're very straightforward with saying these are bite-sized nuggets that I give you because personal development should be accessible for everybody. And if you don't have the time to just kind of sit there for 30 minutes, you want to make sure that your content, your podcast audio is accessible to everybody. And so they're short and sweet, but they're super powerful. And I've heard you talk a lot about this thing called imposter syndrome with Christian female entrepreneurs. And I just wanted to kind of like dive into that on what it is and how really that holds you back and how can we overcome it? Yeah, imposter syndrome shows up a lot amongst us. And we're so used to being in a position of leadership where we are afraid to be vulnerable. And we have these ideas, we have gifts that we know we're called to use, but we tend to doubt our abilities. We doubt whether we're even qualified to do these things. And I remember, honestly, like a couple of weeks ago, for the first time, I actually heard imposter syndrome framed from a biblical perspective. And this was Felicia Kelly. She's a wealth, a wealth catalyst for Kingdom Entrepreneurs. And she was talking about imposter syndrome in the Bible with Moses. God called Moses to go to speak to Pharaoh. And Moses was afraid he was like god i have this speech impediment like you sure you want me why would you pick me we so imposter syndrome is not something that's new it's something that's been around for a long time and we have to understand that it's just a trick of the enemy it's fear it's not that you're a fraud it's not that you're not qualified that is fear showing up in your life and what it does is it limits you in life and it limits you in business because The way imposter syndrome shows up is it says things like, I look good on paper, but I don't know if I'm really that qualified for real. Like we have the speaker sheet, we have the bio, we have the really cute headshots. And then when it's time to actually show up and do the work, we freak out, we're nervous, we're anxious. We're like, oh my goodness, they're going to figure out I'm not really as bomb as I said, (laughs) as I look on paper. Like, You get so erratic and bads out about it. And it's just that it's fear showing up. And the thing you have to understand about fear is fear is our body's natural response to new things. Anytime we are exposed to something new, we're walking into the unknown. That is our body's natural response to respond with fear because it doesn't know how to prepare for that. When you're walking into a new level, a new realm of your life, your mindset, your body is being stretched to a new place. And so it's just natural to have fear. The thing is with imposter syndrome, you tend to feel like you only know a little bit compared to the rest of the world. Like you feel like everybody else knows so much more than you. And the truth is... Research has shown that about 70% of people have, they're either experiencing imposter syndrome or they have at some point. When you walk into these rooms, when you step on these stages, when you pull up to these tables and you're sitting there questioning yourself, what you don't realize is that a table of 10, there are probably seven of you sitting there having the same thought. The thing is, You all just handle them differently. Other people feel the thoughts and they show up anyway. Other people feel those things and they speak up anyway. And so when you recognize you're not in this thing alone, 
that's one of the first things like recognizing what it is because you can't do anything about something that you don't even recognize when it shows up but once you recognize what it is when it shows up and you understand that you're not alone this is not something new it's been going on as far back as moses you just have to make a decision from that point forward how you're going to deal with it Mm, wow i love that and i love how you illustrated moses because a lot of people use that whole passage, you know, and we all get different meanings from it. And you could go a lot of different ways, but I've never seen that passage described in that way and correlated with imposter syndrome and the fear of being called to do something and you not feeling qualified. So I love that fact that you said that. And also you had said feeling the things, but still deciding to show up anyways. And I have found personally that has been something that it took me about a year and a half to even become comfortable and still like feeling really uncomfortable and still showing up. It took me a very long time. And I know that Patrice Washington had said this in her podcast, your business will only grow to the extent that you're willing to heal. Something like that. That almost ties into a little bit of what we're talking about because fear shows up, but fear that we've kind of been ingrained as children in a way Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and a lot of imposter syndrome can come from from our childhood the things and the messages that we've adopted even in terms of money I had certain limiting beliefs around money because of the messages I got about money growing up and imposter syndrome works the same way you may have been given or fed messages as a child about nobody listens to us we're from over here we don't have enough money for people to pay us any attention or we don't he doesn't have a degree he don't have any business talking about x y and z you hear these messages and then you apply them to yourself because you've heard your parents you've heard your family you've heard people in your community talk about other people saying, well, they're not called, they're not qualified because they don't have X, Y, and Z. And the truth is that those were all limiting beliefs. Like if we don't believe it to be possible for ourselves, we automatically just assume it's not possible for other people. So you have to understand and recognize that a lot of the people who have fed you these messages throughout your childhood, they didn't mean any harm. They didn't do it on purpose. It was just as far as their beliefs would allow them to go. And so you have a responsibility to heal those parts and understand what they are and not allow those to continue to have power over how you show up now. And sometimes imposter syndrome shows up because of a threatened sense of belonging. You realize at a certain point in your life, you're different, or you want to go down a different road than other people around you or people that you know. And we have a natural, innate, biological tendency to want to belong. Like that's one of our natural things that we're born with is wanting to belong. And so when we realize we're different, we try to hush that that nagging feeling that we're supposed to be doing more. We try to hush it. We try to calm it down. We try to ignore it. We try to keep ourselves in a box to make sure we look like everybody else. We don't stand out too much because we're afraid that people won't accept us. The moment you say, I'm going to launch my coaching business, there are going to be some people like, and who are you to start a coaching business? You don't have a degree. You didn't go to school for that. 
you have never done that in your life. Nobody in your family is the coach or you're going to launch a school. Like, why would you think you can launch a school and you don't have a background in it? And we allow those things to play a role in how we move forward. And so it's like, you know what? You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. Or we just try to avoid it altogether and not even act on those things that are in the, on the inside. And it's a miserable state of being to have those unborn ideas and visions on the inside. And then sometimes imposter syndrome comes from unspoken social norms that are placed on us. Like for instance, if you're a mom and you're running your business too, and maybe you're about to launch something new in your business and it's requiring you to to pull away from the kids some, like you might have to spend a few nights a week working on this launch and not being able to tuck the kids in and have to tuck themselves in. And you feel the sense of guilt because you feel like people are going to judge you because it's like, well, as a mom, you should be tucking your kids in every night. And you have to shift from that should mindset to could. I could tuck my kids in every single night. Or I could invest these two or three nights into my business so that it will create a return on that investment so that in the future, I never have to worry or pick and choose between whether I took my kids in or work on my business. So it's not about everything falling into that should mindset because people will tell you all the time what you should do. Mm -hmm. change that and say I could because you have a choice and you are capable of making a decision that is viable for you for your family and for your future yeah that's right and you know what this is one of the things I haven't said it in a while but people do not live your calling people do not pay your bills at the end of the hour people are always going to have opinion (laughs) And so when you raise up the standards and the quality of the way you live your life, it automatically sometimes will bring up stuff in people that they're not willing to face. So always Mm -hmm. remember that people are not going to pay your bills and they're not going to live your calling. And the only one that you really need permission from is God because he's calling you to do stuff. And I'll be honest, if we're really real, a lot of times, and especially when it comes to that operating in a motherly role or operating in a wife role or significant other role, a lot of those statements come from women in our lives who have pent up resentment because they chose that role over following their own dreams and living out their own visions. They chose to stay home with their kids and you know it might be your mom she chose to stay home with her kids and devote 100 of her time although in her heart of heart she knew she wanted to branch out and do volunteer work with with a shelter or something but she chose to show up fully in her motherly role only because you can do both but her mindset at that time was i can't do both i can only either be a great mom Or I can only follow what's in my heart. And you have to understand, again, those statements, they're made a lot of times with love, but they're also made from a limited perspective. Because the thing you need to worry about is five years from now, a lot of times people say 10, 20 years. I'm going to say five years. I'll even say three. You do not want to wake up 
three years from now and question yourself, I wonder if, or I wonder what my life would look like had I started three years ago when I had that nudge. Because three years turns into five, it turns into 10, it turns into 20. And that's why too, you see a lot of people trying to figure out who they are after their kids leave the nest because they have not learned how to pour into their children and pour into their dreams dually because you can do both and you shouldn't feel guilty about doing both because when you do both you maintain your sense of identity because who are you teaching your kids to be if you lose your identity who is mom really who is she really if you're not showing your children that if you're not showing your spouse your significant other that you need to maintain your own identity. That is how you show up for the people that you love. Mm. That's how you do it. And so not feeling guilty about pursuing both because you can. I don't even want to say a balance, but there is a fit there. It's a matrix that works together so that you're able to show up whole. Because you're not just mom, you're not just wife, you're not just entrepreneur, you're all of those things. And learning how to integrate those things is what allows you to show up whole. Everybody gets to experience a full picture of who you are. Absolutely. And it reminds me of that Proverbs 31 woman that everybody's like, oh, she's so perfect. But she found a way ultimately. And we don't know like the struggles or she was tired or or anything all we knew is that she was prepared and she took care of business yeah and that was a wonderful example of it's just all about being creative and especially in this day and age you have to be creative with maybe outsourcing with doing whatever teamwork whatever you need to do to maintain your household because you have been called to be a mom a wife a business owner and in maintaining your sense of self in a way that you could serve from a full cup versus like an empty cup. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you'll start building stuff that you end up resenting. You'll build a business you resent because you've lost your identity. You're not even clear on why you started the business to begin with. You'll even start to resent parts of your role as a mom because you feel like it's just taking so much of you in that direction. Not to say you'll have resentment towards your kids. No. But some of those motherly duties, you'll find yourself resenting them. You'll shy away from them and in all aspects of your life. So you'll end up building a life that you actually resent if you do not stay true to self. Because what happens is you wake up and you don't even know who you are anymore. And you're sitting there standing in the mirror crying like, who, how did I even get here? You know, and I've been there. So I know firsthand how it happens it spirals out of control because you keep feeding yourself with guilt the guilt of following what I should really be focusing on my kids I should really be focusing on my students I should really be focusing on my parents like you put yourself last and you get comfortable there and then what you realize after way later I won't say too late but way later you realize I have created a life for that feeds everybody else except me Mm. my life is not even my own and of course our life is not supposed to be our own it's supposed to be God's but sometimes we get so caught up in being everything to everybody else we don't even really make room for God to show up in our lives to show us clearly 
how to operate in our purpose and operate in our assignment because we all have the same purpose, but we all have a different assignment. And so the only way you can get clear on what that assignment is, is if you show up for class. <laughs> and class is following what you were called to do. And if you're not showing up for that, how can you complete your assignment? Drop the mic. Come on now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm thinking if there's any listeners out there who are kind of like, man, I'm so ready to just kind of step into my calling, step into my purpose, but I need, there is some resistance. There is some fear that I need to let go of. Do you have any resources? Do you have any upcoming things that you have going on? I do. Actually, I am in the middle of launching a free five-day challenge, and it's called Launch My Idea Challenge. And in those five days, you're going to learn how to turn your idea into a business offer that's ready to sell. I remember what it was like to have an idea, finally get to that point where you know, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. But you get overwhelmed because I know you know that there are so many resources online. There's information overload and it's just overwhelming. You don't know where to start and you just want a plan of action to follow that's clear, straight to the point and easy. And so that's exactly what this five-day challenge is for and it's absolutely free. Okay, so I'll definitely put it on the show notes and I'll put it in the link down below for... For any listeners who might be interested and knowing you, I know it's going to be straight. It's going to be clear and to the point. And that's what I love. So also give us information for your podcast because yeah, (laughs) I'm a fan of your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. My 10 minute podcast is the fulfillment factor podcast and it's on Apple, Spotify, and I love to have you come over and listen. All right. So we'll also put the links down below. And so I'm going to finish off with one last question. What does confidence mean to you? Confidence is simply being sure of who you are. When you know exactly who you are, you can then make decisions based on whether people align with who you are, whether opportunities align with who you are, whether you should be spending your time, energy, or resources in a certain place because it aligns with who you are. But if you're not clear on who you are, if you aren't sure of who you are, that is how we create a gateway for things to distract us from what we're called to do. So confidence is all about being able to show up sure of who you are. Mm. I love that, Brittany. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and honor to interviewing you and just getting some golden nuggets. Yes, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me again. Okay. Bye.